Imagine that you are in a fairy story and you are the son or the daughter of the king. So you're the prince or the princess. And there's certain privileges that go along with that, aren't there? Um, first of all, your father, the king, is the most powerful man in the land. He can do anything. There's nothing you need to fear because you can always just go ask your father. He has all the wealth and all the power to do whatever he wants to do. And he's a good king. Um, along with that also means that there's um, certain things that you don't have to do. You don't have to pay taxes because you live in the palace. Uh, the people outside the palace, they have to pay taxes to maintain the roads and things, but you are the recipient of those things. You don't have to pay taxes. And you just know that everything is going to be fine because your dad is the king. That is kind of the mindset that we ought to have as children of God. And we're going to see that a few times in our reading today in all three sections. Um, So let's dive in. I'm so glad that you've joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's Word. Well, last time we read about the Transfiguration, when Jesus was up on a high mountain with three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. And they've just come down off of that mountain. And as they come down in our reading today, they're going to encounter a crowd of people. And it sounds like some of the other disciples were there. And there's a man who has a son who is suffering terribly. The ESV says that he is an epileptic, which uh, means that he has seizures. Some other Bible translations um, talk about a different type of ailment, but it's not so important. I think that the point is that he's having like fits or seizures and he is being um, harmed by these um, because they're causing him to fall into a fire or into the water. Um, and we find out that the root cause of this is that he has a demon that's that's causing this, that is seeking to destroy this boy. It's very sad. Um, one thing that we'll notice is back in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus started to talk about um, with his disciples the fact that he was going to Jerusalem and he was like going to die, suffer, die, and be raised again. So he has kind of had a change in his ministry where he's you know, heading in a certain direction now, and he's talking about it quite a bit with his disciples. And then one other thing for context is we're going to hear about a temple tax. Um, in this is in our reading, it's a half shekel tax um, from the temple. And what this is, it's not a tax that the Romans were requiring them to pay. This is coming from the Jewish temple. Um, there, it's talked about a little bit in Exodus. And it's, it's like kind of a building maintenance fee. So when you go to church, your parents can choose to give an offering. Um, they can choose how much they give. It's their choice. Um, and this is a little different than that because it's not like a free will offering. It's more of a fee. Um, so it'd be kind of like if you went to church and to walk in, they said, okay, there's a fee to enter. You have to pay $5 and that $5 is going to, um, pay to have, you know, pay our electric bills and, 
um, maintain our building. It's kind of like if that were to happen. So this was money for the temple um, to kind of maintain it, and it was it was a tax um, that everyone had to pay. On top of that, they could also give, you know, they could just free will give generously to the temple, but this um, pretty small tax was required. Okay, let's dive in. We are in Matthew chapter 17, and we're starting at verse 14. So find that in your Bible, Matthew 17 and verse 14. Hit pause if you need a minute to find it. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire, and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the half-shekel tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From who do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. So our first story, we come down off of the mountain and there's this boy that uh, the disciples can't heal. And Jesus um, gives them this explanation about having faith like a grain of mustard seed and then nothing will be impossible for you. So let's talk about that a little. Do you know what a mustard seed is like? It's this teeny, teeny, tiny little seed. Um, it's about the size of maybe a freckle, um, the head of a pin maybe. You can find them if you go to the grocery store and look at the spice aisle and you can see how big they are. So next time you're at the grocery store with your parents, go look for mustard seeds. So this is a very small, small little bit of faith. Um, so how can such a small faith move mountains and make nothing impossible? Is the question about having faith or about what the faith is in? Faith without an object is pretty meaningless. I can, you, you hear that all the time in our society, like, just believe or have faith. But it doesn't really mean anything. The faith has to be in something or someone, right? The object of the faith is where the power lies. So if your faith is in, you know, 
yourself, well, you're not very powerful. You're not going to do very much. But if your faith is in the God of the universe, well, he is all powerful and mighty. So even a small amount of faith in such a great God can move mountains and make nothing impossible. I think it's important to remember who the object of our faith is. And then Jesus tells them that he is going to be delivered into the hands of men and he'll be killed and he'll be raised on the third day. And it says, it's interesting, the disciples are greatly distressed. Can you imagine how much they loved Jesus and he was with them and they hear this and they don't want him They don't want him to be killed. They don't want him to suffer. I wonder if they started fretting about that and missed the part where he said that he was going to be raised on the third day. Or maybe they knew enough about death and suffering, but seeing someone raised from the day on the third day seemed a little uh, impossible in their minds. That, you know, we look back in history and we take for granted the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead but for these disciples that would have been unthinkable right that's not something you see every day so they were greatly distressed by that and then we have this temple tax which i love this story so first of all we have uh, peter talking with the collectors of this tax in the temple and they're asking Um, Doesn't your teacher pay taxes? And Peter says, yes. And then he goes in to the house and Jesus is talking to him. And he says, okay, so do kings of the earth take toll or tax from their sons? And Peter's answer is no, they don't. They take tax and toll from people outside of their family, right? The immediate family, the royal family, doesn't have to pay those taxes. And Jesus makes the point that the sons are free. Okay, so what does this mean? What does this mean about Jesus? Well, who is Jesus' father? It's the king of the universe. So is Jesus required to pay taxes to his heavenly father, to the temple? No, he's really not. And in a way, there's an extension out to his disciples. Um, When we become part of God's family, we're also sons, and we are free. However, Jesus doesn't have he's not required to pay this tax as as the child of God as the son of God Um, but he does it anyway to not give offense so this is a situation you know Jesus he wasn't all about not giving offense there's many times where he gave offense to people Um, in fact there's another part of the Bible where it talks about him being um, a rock of offense and a stumbling stone Um, and you know you think about all of the different encounters he had with the Pharisees and the scribes, Jesus often offended people. He said things that hurt their feelings or, um, you know, they didn't like. So Jesus isn't all about avoiding offense, but in this situation, he doesn't want to give offense. So I think that the lesson there is there are times to give offense. There are times to speak truth no matter what, and there are times to not give offense. And this is one. And then he tells Peter to I mean, Jesus could just speak a coin into existence and it's there, but instead he uses um, Peter and he tells him to go fishing and he casts a line and he gets this fish and it has a coin in his mouth. So think about the sovereignty of God here. He has, he knows that there is a fish that has a coin in its mouth or he put a coin in a fish's mouth. I mean, how does this even happen? I don't know. And then he tells Peter to go fishing, and he ordains that specific fish to come and bite on Peter's hook. It's just amazing, Um, just the sovereignty of God. He provides exactly what is needed to pay this tax, 
He provides it using Peter's uh, skill set. Peter was a fisherman, and so Jesus has him go fishing. I think that's kind of notable. Um, and I think we need to remember that, that he, our God is able to provide everything that we need, and he can do it in miraculous ways. He owns every fish in the sea. Every coin is his. He is sovereign over every inch of this universe. So we never need to fear or worry about our needs not being met. All right, let's talk about our memory verse for this week. We've been in Psalm 37, and we memorized verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. And this week we're going to actually jump ahead in that very same psalm and memorize verses 23 and 24. So this is Psalm 37, and we have more promises from this same psalm. This is verses 23 and 24. It says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I love this, um, these verses. It makes me think of when I walk around holding my two-year-old's hands. She can trip and fall, but I'm holding her hand, so she's not going to totally fall flat on her face. And I kind of establish her steps. I show her where to walk. And so much more with our Heavenly Father. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. When he delights in his way, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Well, I'm so glad that you joined me on Audacious Arrows. I do want to let you know about a drawing that I have, a giveaway of a a children's ESV Bible. It's a um, a really pretty red hardcover Bible. It has like a cloth hardcover. And this is a Bible. It's not like a storybook Bible where it has some of the stories. It's a full, full Bible. Um, but it does have some really beautiful illustrations in it. And I'm going to give away one of those at the end of March. I'm going to draw a name from all of the entries that I get. And this is how how your parents can enter to win. Um, you or your parents just need to share about this contest and this show three times. So you could tell three of your friends and then your parents can go and enter to win. Or uh, your mom and dad could share about it on Facebook three times and then they can go enter to win. So I will have all of the details about that in the description below. So tell your mom and dad, tell your friends about the show and um, get your get yourself entered to win that Bible. All right, we'll see you next time.